Hi and welcome to Stories from My Drinking Days. My name is Harry Fowl and I am the founder of Nolo Cocktails and Bars. We're joined today by Mark Wilkinson. Mark was a successful international DJ traveling the world playing to sell out crowds, having the time of his life until one day he physically collapsed leading to bankruptcy, depression, loneliness and suicidal thoughts. He lost everything. Fast forward to today and Mark has completely remixed his life. He's a success coach, best-selling author, music producer, multiple business owner and motivational speaker who shares his own tried and tested principles to help you remix your own life. Mark did it himself. He's built Life Remix community of other successful coaching clients who've had phenomenal success and he thinks that we can all do it too. So we're going to have a chat with Mark about his journey today. So, I mean, it's it's a really interesting journey. Tell us a bit more about traveling the world as a DJ. That's something that uh, most of us have got absolutely no comprehension of what that's like. That must have been thrilling and exciting. Yes, indeed it was. And, and thank you, uh, Harry. Uh, thanks for having me on here. Uh, I love what you're doing, by the way, uh, the whole piece around, and, uh, you know, no alcohol, cocktails and, and festivals and things like that. I think that's fantastic. Um, from my perspective, being a DJ, uh, I was a young lad. Uh, and I started being, I was into music from about six years of age. You know, first time I heard music, I was buzzing. I just loved it. Um, and I just found myself um, getting more and more drawn towards music throughout my teens. I was a rubbish footballer, so I was never going to make it at football. Uh, and um, so I ended up um, playing some records at a friend's party and it just snowballed from there. Um, and to be in a position where you become resident DJ at the Ministry of Sound. You know, back in its heyday was an amazing um, honour uh, and a beautiful time of my life. I was 25, 26 years of age, travelled to 65 countries, played in just about every continent, loads of different countries, had a wonderful, wonderful time, uh, but also got completely addicted to all kinds of things that perhaps I shouldn't have done. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a it was fun. It was fast paced. It was wonderful to be on all these aeroplanes. I love traveling anyway. I love music, to play records and music in, in clubs all over the world. Just phenomenal. Um, until one day I, I just collapsed, yeah, and uh, things got really, really difficult uh, from that point. But I had a record in the top 10 with Lou Reed and David Bowie, Satellite of Love, nearly 20 years ago now. Can't really dine wow. out on that one anymore. Uh, but, um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, but I, 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 uh, I've had a wonderful life, a really great life, and it's just getting better and better and better all the time. And obviously, with the publication of Life Remixed, <laughs> shameless plug. Uh, but with yep. the publication of Life, with the publication of Life Remixed, um, there's now thousands of people reading my story, the highs and the lows, uh, and then all the ways that I fixed it, and you know, fixed the problems, fixed the issues, and and those are really the things that I'm most passionate about nowadays. I still love music. I've got a new record just coming out in the next couple of weeks called Southern Freeze, a cover version of an old 80s record. Um, my real, my total passion is to bring joy to other people through music, but also through coaching and helping people discover their best selves, really. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. So when you were a DJ then, um, I'm guessing alcohol and drugs were a big part of the music scene. Um back in the well yeah. I think they probably still are but you know definitely back in those days um so did you find it 
you couldn't avoid it. It was just really tempting or did you just not even think about it? It was just a case of, you know, it was there. It's just part of the culture. Yeah. I mean, to be to be fair, a lot of it was free for me. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people would just give me free stuff. Um, and um, I didn't have the uh, I didn't have the the will uh, to say no. I didn't have the personality to say no. I was sort of, sort of say yes to everything and then find out, you know, what this is all about. Um, which in some ways can be really a great way to live your life. In other ways, it can end up being a bit self-destructive. So you have to be conscious of that. Uh, but certainly, uh, I, I just wanted to try stuff. I wanted to try everything. And, and actually, if I go a bit deeper into my book, there were some personal issues in my family, in my upbringing. Uh, there were certain things I was looking to escape. And guess what? You know, sex, sex drugs, and house music basically allowed me to escape uh, from uh my day-to-day -day life if you like and just travel all over the globe and a lot of it was huge huge amounts of escapism uh music was a distraction from what was going on in my life and, and i just don't get me wrong i enjoyed it i really enjoyed it um yeah but what i also found was that the addictive side of my personality ended up suppressing a lot of things that that needed to come out yeah yeah so what what's your highlight memory from those days of uh playing all the clubs <laughs> what, a great, what a great question um yeah i mean phew, ministry of sound main room fantastic uh pasha in ibiza main room and the and the second room actually fantastic uh zook in singapore we loved playing in zook in singapore um traveling to australia traveling all over europe to traveling over russia at the time um it was just yeah, it's just just fantastic, you know, just just wonderful, wonderful memories. Um, but yeah, those are those are ones that stand out the most, I guess. Ibiza residencies as well. Going to Ibiza for a whole summer that was uh, that was special. Spending a few summers just you know from sort of March to September, uh, you know, hold up in Ibiza, just DJing, running parties, and generally having a good time uh, was um, was was highlights for sure. Yeah. And were there any downsides to living that lifestyle or did you really just love it so no, much? And... No, no. I think I, I think I loved it for a while. I think I loved it particularly when all my friends were coming out with me in my 20s. I think as I got into my 30s, all my friends started to settle down, meet their partners, you know, maybe even have children. Uh, the downsides would be I, I remember certain times where, you know, I was getting DJ bookings the only way to describe it is in the back of beyond, you know, in the middle of nowhere, uh, you know, thousands of miles away sometimes from home. Um, and I'd be getting phone calls when mobile phones had just come out. I was getting phone calls from my friends saying, what are you doing? Come on, we're all going down the pub. We're doing And I'm like, no, I'm in this place in the middle of nowhere. Um, and um, it was quite a lonely existence. You know, a lot of people think that it's all glamour. And there was some amazing times. Um, what I often say to people is it was great fun until it wasn't. Yeah. Um, and the perspective of um, the lonely life really sort of took over, uh, certainly in my in my early 30s. Um, and it was very difficult to sustain any kind of relationship. I had various girlfriends, but they never worked out. It never worked out as a relationship because guess what? I wasn't there Friday, Saturday, most weeks, you know. And, uh, you know, that's when most people work all week and then see their partner at the weekends if that's when they get the chance where – I just wasn't available. I was, you know, in another country or here, there and everywhere. And um, 
much as I thought I was being, you know, the the, the best guy I could be, perhaps I wasn't. So, you know, I had to learn from that. Yeah. Yeah. So you enjoyed it whilst, uh, until your friends, I guess, moved on and, and settled down, as you say. And that yeah, I mean, I still enjoyed the music. I still enjoyed the yeah. DJ and I still enjoyed playing records to people. I still enjoyed a thousand people dancing to records that I was playing. I think it was all the travel in between getting to gigs, you know, being in random cars for hours on end with people that I didn't know just to get to a gig to play. You know, there was a lot of things that became non-glamorous. Uh, and a lot of things that um, that I, I, I ended up not enjoying. And certainly the addictions got worse and worse and worse until one day when I was 33, I, I physically collapsed um, and uh, I couldn't get off the floor. My leg had given way beneath me. And uh, that was a massive wake up call and the start of a really dark time, um, which led to me making some big changes. Yeah. Yeah. So were you actually working when you collapsed? Were you away or were you in this country? Oh, no, I was at home. I was in my flat, actually. Um, I'd been out the night before working. And, you know, I was my, I used to go out at like 10 p.m. You know, uh, I said to my friend a while ago, uh, I said, um, I laughed. I said, my younger self is ashamed of me because now I get up at 6 a.m. I used to go to bed at 6 a.m. Um, <laughs> and he, I said, my life turned upside down. And he said, Wilkie, it's turned the right way up. And I went, oh yeah, okay. Uh, so uh, I think the the point is, yeah, I was I was at home. Um, thankfully, I'd had a big night the night before. I was getting myself some food. I was walking through my flat, and my leg just poof, just gave way, and I just hit, lay on the floor. Um, I couldn't get up. And my brother was there. Uh, he started laughing, I think, to start with, because he thought I had just tripped up or something. Uh, but when he realised that I was in trouble and I couldn't get up off the floor. Um, he came over and obviously helped me up onto the sofa. And that was the start of an 18 month sort of spiral downwards um, physically where my uh, body's just stopped functioning. Yeah. So did when, after you collapsed then, did you immediately think, right, I've got to sort my life out or did it take that 18 months to kind of hit rock bottom and then, and then make the changes? Well, I was 18 months undiagnosed Um with the uh, rheumatic condition that caused my collapse that day. Um, I was, before that, I had a lot of inflammation in my gut, uh, IBS, you know, irritable bowel syndrome and stuff like that. So there was indicators that something was happening and my body wasn't uh, functioning particularly well. Um, uh, and I'd gone to various detoxes. Uh, I'd gone for um, detoxes in Scotland, uh, you know, full colonic irrigation, you know, massages, all sorts of stuff. Um, and um, so I, I was trying to help myself. Um, and I was going through a process. Then the collapse happened. Then I went back for another detox. And I think it was during this 18 months of real abject agony where no doctor could diagnose me. Uh, I went from doctor to doctor to doctor to doctor, and nobody could tell me anything about what was going on, about this pain in my body, the fact that I could barely move. Um, you know, doctors, all the doctors I saw were just, you know, clueless of my condition, shall we say. Um, and during that time, uh, I was challenged by an early mentor um, and coach of mine at the detox place that I was going to in Scotland. And um, I remember... Um, I was still working, but barely. I had to sort of sit down on a little stool and, and try and play records, but I was very sick. But there's no sick pay in my games. So I had to keep trying to trying to work, but it was nigh on impossible. Um, and uh, 
I remember being challenged by my early coach and mentor about why do you drink? Uh, and obviously what I discovered was that it was the drink the addiction that led on to everything else. You know, it was, the, it was the alcohol was the key. If I didn't get drunk, then all the other things wouldn't wouldn't happen as such. So um, he, said to, he said to me, why do you drink? And um, I couldn't really answer the question. Uh, and I tried to sort of almost cop out like um, he would say to me, uh, he said, you know, why do you drink? I said, well, because if someone offers me a drink, if I say no, it's rude. And he literally called me out. He said, that's bullshit. He said, stop, stop that. You know, you need to start telling me the truth. And the more I started to think about it, the more I couldn't really give a proper answer about why I would choose to drink alcohol. And then, to be honest, then a doctor diagnosed me with an inflammatory disease, a rheumatic dis disease. And I discovered that alcohol was a really highly inflammatory product that I was putting into my body on a regular basis, week in, week out. And I had an inflammatory disease. So therefore, it would be crazy to keep drinking alcohol. Um, so I, I decided, I made a decision one day and I just said, that's it, no more. Uh, because if I kept doing it, it would be the it would be the ultimate act of self harm, wouldn't it? If my body's already saying you're in trouble, uh, and I kept putting in something that was causing more and more inflammation in the body, then so for me it was that was a simple enough decision. But um, it took time to get there. It wasn't you know it wasn't just like oh yeah that's done. It was a process to get to that point. Yeah, and so how long did that process take you then to from deciding well, that alcohol was the problem to actually? giving up completely in all honesty probably a couple of years of really sort of like you know being challenged discussing it thinking about it you know trying a few weekends without it still got you know but really yeah the, the most important point was the ultimate decision I remember being in the ministry of sound on a Saturday and drinking and partying and then I went I went for a detox on the Sunday to the following Friday and then I was going to be back in ministry of sound on the Saturday and uh, he challenged me. His name was Brian Miller, fantastic guy. He challenged me on the Wednesday, and I was on a detox. And I said, "Right, that's it." I said, "That's it, no more." I've decided. After him, you know, continually kind of prepping me and working on me, I said, "Yeah, okay, that's it. I'm, I'm done." And I remember getting back into the club the following uh, uh, Saturday. And people coming up, hey, Mark, you know, do you, do you want this? Do you want this? Do you want this? And I was like, no, no, I'm all right. I said, I, I don't drink. And they were like, what? Like, last weekend you were, and I was like, no, no, I, I'm, no, I don't. Thank you, though. I really appreciate you, you know. And what I thought was that I thought that everyone would say, well, what's up with you? Come on. You know, what I actually found was that 95%, and I mean 95%, maybe even 98% of people, when I said, no, no, thank you. Almost 100% said to me, wow, that's amazing. I'd love to be able to do that. Wow. That's a brilliant, yeah. brilliant reaction, especially given the environment that you're working in as well, where actually alcohol and drugs are just kind of an accepted part of that society and culture, aren't they? You know, they're just, they're there. They can be, and it can be. Yeah, and I've written about it a lot in my book. I've pretty much dedicated a whole chapter to the fact that, you know, music and drugs have kind of been linked for, for a long, long time. You know, it can heighten the experience, can't it? Uh, and alcohol being a drug as well, right? Um, so uh, 
yeah absolutely and and that response from people was really heartening for me because I was kind yeah. of like and, and they were saying to me I wish I could do that and I was like well you can you know I've just decided that I'm not doing that anymore um and uh yeah I mean nowadays I coach people through all kinds of addiction addiction problems right through to becoming hugely successful um and what I I find is is that lots of people are trying to be successful in their lives and yet they've got addictive problems or belief systems that are causing them not to succeed and very often it takes someone else like a coach or a therapist or a mentor or somebody to reflect that back to them so that they can see it and go oh hang on and that has a really great impact on my life I really enjoy being that person for other people to help them grow and it might be as simple as someone reading my book or listening to my audio book or it could even be someone coming to me and having one-to-one -one coaching sessions. No issue. You know, I'm, I'm available for either of those. There's no issue on, on either for me. It's very much about as long as I'm helping somebody, then I'm a happy man. Yeah, yeah. So have you drunk since you made that decision on that Wednesday? Yeah. Have you drunk since um, then at all? Well, I like to say no, not at all, never. Um, I can I can say that. I had a glass of champagne at my mum's wedding when my mum got married again, um, you know, uh, some years later. Uh, I didn't like it at all. Uh, I had another glass of champagne at um, a friend's wedding. And again, I didn't like it at all. Um, and the big one was uh, uh, my my own wedding uh, where I kept saying to people, can I just have a lime and soda? And they kept putting vodkas in them. So I did end up rather <laughs> drunk at my own wedding. Um, but having said that, you know, I think by that time it had probably been, 10 years of nothing uh so it was a really bad decision to go back and try, drink some alcohol at that, that at that time however um i've broken the pattern and the pattern is broken for me so i now yeah. i now i you know i don't i don't drink alcohol at all those three little you know slips aside um no yeah, yeah. i don't and and i and I, I don't judge anyone else that people have got their own journey their own thing some people think well i could just have a little bit and a little bit and a little bit um and that's okay as well you know look we all need to find our own way with this. All I can say is, is that what I've discovered is any addiction, any addiction, could be food, could be sex, could be drugs, could be house music, it could be anything. Uh, any addiction will uh, ultimately stop you creating your best life and living to your highest high. Um, and by abstaining completely, my body is still recovering. It continues to recover. I still do a lot of uh, self-recovery around physical work and things like that. Um, but I, I really enjoy every day of my life. I don't have time for a hangover. I don't have time to talk. I mean, we still go to we still go to um, uh, events. In fact, we work in events. We do some some one of our companies is an event company and we go to a lot of events. But generally, by about 9 p.m., maybe 10 p.m. latest, where people are starting to drink more and more and more, and they're, they're telling you the same story for the second or third time, uh, that is when I, we, we go, right, we'll see you later. Right, we're off, you know, <laughs> yeah, take it. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, and, and I, I'm comfortable with that. You know, I'm still a socialiser. I still love socialising. Um, in fact, we do a, a e-colours uh, personality diversity, and I'm a yellow-red, which is a socialiser, doing socialiser. I love to socialise with people. Um, I just don't love or don't need to drink anymore. Simple as that. Yeah, yeah. So obviously you were you're still DJing when you made the decision to stop drinking. 
how much after how much longer after that did you decide that actually DJing wasn't what you wanted to do and and you moved into the coaching field instead well I still DJ funnily enough uh but just not full-time and not uh not I don't rely on it for income or money or anything like that I just do it for love really I mean we do a couple of events we've still got um you know we still have money coming in from music and DJing and things like that you know in, in smaller smaller amounts and stuff um so I've never, you know, I, I see some people saying I'm retiring from that. You don't retire from something you love to do. You just do other things as well. And one of the things I teach people is multiple sources of income. So Emma and I probably have now about 10 companies, uh, 10 sources of income, multiple clients. You should be swimming in clients, not drowning, but swimming in clients. So you have clients everywhere that want to work with you uh, and, and want your time um, and you're happy to work with them as well. You choose the people you work with. I coach a lot of people on being entrepreneurs and how to be a great entrepreneur, but I also coach people in companies how to fit in better in their company and be more successful in their company. Um, uh, so I look at the full picture. Uh, personally, music still, you know, I, I, one of the questions I ask people is, what did you love before you were before you were 10? What were the two things you loved to do most or the three things or the one thing, whatever it is, what did you love to do the most? before you were 10 years old and for me personally it was music and helping people those are my two things I two things that I love the most music and helping others um and now guess what I still do some music I still enjoy music uh and I still still help other people um and that's where I get my most satisfaction from so Having 10 companies now is is a wonderful way to live it means I'm not completely reliant on DJing and music but it does mean that that I can bring joy to people in many ways, including music, but also in coaching as well. I love to see people succeed. Yeah, yeah, well, that's excellent. So, ten companies sounds like a lot, and a lot to do. Mm -hmm. What you've mentioned mm -hmm. events. What sort of events do you run now? So uh, we run corporate events. My wife runs a corporate event company. Um, so uh, corporate away days and gala events and things like that uh we also do i also do my own little house music events where we still play some house music and everyone dances and has a great time so that's good um and um we also run um uh workshops so um large coaching workshops for 150 people plus we're looking to do some more next year uh weekend events for 500 people uh at a hotel uh so we love you know we, we had a barbecue at our house last saturday for 100 people uh we love people we love having people around us we love to have events um and um you know if other people want to drink that's fine um uh you know that's no problem to us but from our perspective i mean emma has a you know she might have a little glass of wine once in a while but we don't really drink at all um and we find that that's our our most creative self our happiest self and so you know people say you know how do you how do you work on 10 companies i say one at a time <laughs> um <laughs> and i just focus on I just focus on whatever I'm doing. So I'm, I'm here with you now. I'm completely focused on what we're doing. I do know there's 100 other things that will be need to be done. Uh, but right here, right now, I'm here with you. And that's all that matters. Yeah. And I just concentrate yeah. on each one and I just focus on them. And I don't have time for hangovers, like I said earlier. So for me, you know, I don't have time to get up on a Monday morning and feel kind of jaded or, or like oh, a big weekend or anything like that. I've got things to do. You know, I've got value to add to other people. And it's no, 
it's no accident that I'm the most successful that I've ever been right now because I changed the way I thought um, and I stopped destroying myself with all of my addictions, which, again, started with the alcohol. Yeah. And so do you think that change of mindset has been the biggest thing for you then? Yes, definitely. Um, Albert Einstein, there's a quote from Einstein who says, uh, I believe it's attributed to him. He says, uh, or he said, uh, the biggest decision a human being has to make is, is this a friendly universe? Do you live in a friendly universe? And I found myself, certainly when I was drinking and partying and running around the world, that I was in quite a hostile, competitive universe. And I was always worried about where the next gig was coming from or where the next paycheck was or how am I going to survive this summer or what am I going to do here? You know, it was always an unfriendly universe. It was always difficult and challenging. and I was struggling. And one of the things I've learned is through my own dis-ease and bankruptcy and other things that happened to me in my 30s was actually, you know, it is a friendly universe. Everyone wants you to succeed. Everybody. And as long as you have that mindset, you will just, that's what you'll see. You know, I don't see anyone competing with me or trying to take me down or, you know, mess with my income or anything like that anymore. I only see friendly universe, lots of opportunities, good people. And it is, it's all about what you think. And I've studied many, many great books. I was coached by a guy called Bob Proctor, who sadly passed away recently last couple of years um uh, bob proctor was uh, a life changer for me in fact he, he wrote a um he wrote a testimonial on the back of life remixed um he was in the secret the secret touched 300 million lives back in uh, the 2000s fantastic documentary i think it's on amazon prime now i highly recommend it to all of my coaching clients to watch that first the secret is the law of attraction what you think about is what you bring about which is actually yeah. a sub law of the law of vibration that everything vibrates uh, and you only like attracts like you only vibrate in harmony with the people you have around you. So there becomes a really interesting piece when you start to uh, look around you and see what's really going on. And that's what I had to do in my 30s. And the only way I found out was through absolute agony, pain in my body and pain in my finances. I only found out a way a, a way to change my mindset through horrible things that I wouldn't wish on people, disease and bankruptcy. And yet, you know, I'm now in a position where I can help people not go through those things and understand that life doesn't have to be that way. Uh, we have to make some better decisions. And it starts with positive mental attitude, positive thinking, positive mindset. And I do remember, th I do remember thinking to myself, really, when I was getting coached on this, I was thinking, is it as easy as that? Well, I've just got to think positive and over, after a few years, it will seep down into my subconscious mind and then I'll start to feel positive and then I'll start to attract more positivity and money and results to me. Can it be that easy? It's exactly that. It's exactly what it is. Um, and, uh, yeah. you know, some people are born Some people are born that way. They're born to like, you know, Buddhist multimillionaires that, you know, learn this stuff. But most of us aren't. Most of us aren't born to to those parents, so we have to learn it. And um, and it's now my gift. It's now my gift and my joy to coach coach others on this journey. And uh, I'm really grateful to be able to do that. Yeah, yeah, that's brilliant. So, do you still travel much? Is that still a big part of your life? Well, I do love. We we me and my wife we love traveling. Uh, we love Dubai uh, in the spring and the autumn, and we love Thailand at Christmas. Um, 
I'm going to Spain a couple of times for business meetings um, and uh, a DJ event actually in uh, the end of September. So yeah, yeah, travel's still a big part of my life. I still enjoy it. Um, the bit I enjoy the most is the people. As a, I'm a huge people person. You know, I, I, I'm going to the event in Spain, which is the vocal booth weekend. There's be 400 people there. I'm going to do a success coaching session as well as a DJ set. Um, you know, so I'm starting to combine the things that I'm most passionate about now, even even more together, uh, which is fantastic. Um, you know, I, I travel to see people. That's that's my thing. You know, I love people. And Zoom and StreamYard and all these amazing tools we've got now, they are fantastic. They're, they're amazing that we can have these kind of conversations and connect with one another. Wonderful. But physical, the physical reality of being together like a festival or in a group or in a seminar or even a training session or whatever it may be is, is the ultimate. It's the most powerful thing. So that's that's what I love the most. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's something that actually a lot of people have missed because of COVID. And everyone, I think, craves I that, you know, one on one in in person events now more than. Um, well, I think it's our job. It's our job. It's our job to coax people back out, isn't it? You know, it's our job to coax yeah. people back out. Now, the the younger generation, as I as I notice and observe, they're out. You know, they're back at the festivals, they're back at the parties and stuff like that. Um, there's certainly uh, some people have got very used to just being at home. You know, certainly throughout COVID, as we all had to be. Um, although, having said that, interestingly enough, I I was hardly at home during COVID because I had construction work and construction was told to keep working so i was actually out every day um at construction sites in fact there was no traffic on the road it was really odd um but um but the point is is that yeah many many people um have got used to that that staying at home and it is our job to bring them back out if they don't want to be if they don't want to that's fine that's up to them but i feel that you know if we put on good events and and you know the, the no alcohol thing is such an important thing to offer um because you know, yes, the majority of um, people might still want to drink. OK, that's fine. If that's what they want to do, the bar is there and you can go. But offering a no alcohol option and, a, you know, not just a bottle of water or a bottle of juice or something, but actually something a bit more creative. I think that's how I that's how we, we met, obviously, and we connected uh, yeah. on, um, on Facebook, didn't we? And uh, I just commented what a great idea it was that you're doing and all power to you, you know, to have something that, is another option for people that are driving or people that just don't want to drink magic. Brilliant. Love it. Yeah. I've had some really, really great feedback actually when I've been at events and festivals, um, people coming up and saying, Oh, I'm so glad to see you here. And you know, I normally all I get is an orange juice. <laughs> That's it. That's all the bars have. So yeah. So yeah. I think there's definitely a call for, for more of that sort of thing. Do you, drink any of the non-alcoholic drinks or do you I mean I'm guessing when you gave um, up there wasn't much out there but now there's so much choice yeah in non -alcoholic to be honest to, to, to be honest most unless I unless I find you uh at uh and your options at a, a particular uh out, outdoor festival or wherever you are no I mean generally lime and soda will be my go-to uh you know I'll stick to a lime and soda um something yeah. simple um you know there's a uh, uh, there's a venue that we use just here called Isha Theatre near us, and uh, they have all uh, all their drinks, all their bar is from locally sourced um, areas, um, uh, which is really cool. So we have lots of elderflower and things like that, and and you know, yeah. 
I, I tend to I tend to look for a, a, and you know especially when we're on holiday I'm always looking for the mocktail uh, you know and uh, and trying to find something that is a little bit more creative than just the standard um, standard just juices or whatever but um, but yeah I don't I don't even I don't I don't even contemplate contemplate drinking alcohol it's been like 18 years now um yeah maybe longer actually coming up to 19 years um i don't even contemplate alcohol anymore i'm always looking for um a, some sort of refreshing uh drink the things i watch out for is i, I don't want too much sugar uh you know lo yeah. lots of people make you know mocktails and they just pack them full of sugar and it's like you know I, it sugar is just more addictive substances that we put into food right like so um from my perspective you know i'm always looking for something that's a little bit more refreshing and uh, a little less sugary yeah yeah i think you're definitely not alone with that so if people were interested in finding out more about you mark and how to to work with you uh what's the best thing mm. for them to do i've just popped up your website which is markwilkinsonofficial.com but how can people get in touch with you and work with you and more than welcome, uh, just go to markwilkinsonofficial.com now. More than welcome to um, book in there. They can have a free, there's a free discovery call, a free 30 minutes. I don't do hard sell. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, for me, it's more about the people that I want to work with. I don't want to work with just everybody or just anybody. I want to work with someone who's committed, who wants to grow, wants to understand more about themselves and others, uh, and wants to succeed. Uh, so we have a 30 minute call for free just to make sure that, you know, we're ticking all those boxes and we feel right and feel good about it. Uh, and then if we decide to proceed, then that's something we can look at. Um, all the coaching packages are on there um, on the website as well. Uh, I highly recommend that people read Life Remixed or listen to Life Remixed so they understand the journey. Because what I did in there, a lot of it was what I said earlier, which is I looked at things and stories and I thought, can it be that easy? I I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll test it out for myself. I'll test it out for myself. And if it works, I'll write a book about it. <laughs> if it doesn't work, then I'm not doing it anymore. Right. Um, and so I decided to write a book uh, based on my discoveries of going through these processes of understanding gratitude and the power of gratitude, understanding you must have a clearly defined purpose in life understanding that you must have faith in belief faith and belief uh understanding that you must get your relationships right that you must celebrate your successes and so on and so on so i put all this stuff down into a book and i've written it all down and shared it with people so that they can understand that that journey of discovery and then on my website there's a whole recommended reading section of i don't know 30 40 50 other books that i read along along the way that i got great information from and I just shared them with people. I'm like, read these, you know, if you don't want to read mine and read, at least read one of these, because ultimately there's so many great authors out there and there's so many great people that want to show you and teach you certain things. Nobody knows everything. No, nobody knows everything. If you meet someone who knows everything, that's probably, a, that's more likely a problem. So you need to meet people that are on a journey of continual growth uh, and are committed to that growth because that's where you see success. Uh, I, I, when I was so horribly unsuccessful, I decided to study people that were and are being successful and copy them. There's no big secret here. You know, it's literally like find someone who's already succeeding and find out what they're doing and just copy them. And once you do that, you will grow and grow and grow. Um, and most of the people that I have studied 
have had challenges. Most millionaires were bankrupt in their 30s. Yeah, most successful, happy, healthy millionaires or billionaires are not raging alcoholics and they're not drinking too much and they're not having huge addictions. So you need to study this. You need to get past yourself uh, and the beliefs that maybe you were brought up with uh, in order that you can actually find your real self and, and actually really succeed. So like I say, you know, I love to meet people. I'm a yellow, red e-color. You can you can find that out for yourself by uh, uh, looking around the internet and understanding about that. But you can go on markwilkinsonofficial.com. Uh, I love meeting people. I love, I, I'm really enjoying, you know, this conversation with you, Harry. I'd love to meet more people. More people want to book in and, and have a chat. Fantastic. So just do that. But also, if you read a bit of the background, you know, if you read a bit of the background of the book, then you're really going to understand what it is that I'm talking about. You know, um, a lot of people want to succeed, but a lot of people don't want to do the work that comes along with the success. Um, yeah. And that's that's the that's the big part of it. Yeah. So would you say that, that most of the people you work with start off with having some addiction? Are you helping people to overcome addiction or is it more about the enthusiasm and the positivity that you believe um, that people need in their lives to to be successful? I have I have such a huge variety of people that I work with. It's not uh, easy to just sort of define that. And, you know, some people say, oh, you need to define audience and stuff like that. No, no, no. For me, I know I can help anybody at any moment in their life. Um, you know, some of my clients still have therapy and go to, go to therapists. Some of them go to AA and things like that. Uh, some of them still want my coaching sessions alongside of that as well. And that's great. And I'm happy to do so. Um, you know, one of the things I teach is repetition is mastery. You can never get enough of the right information when it's delivered in the right way. You have to keep going and keep studying and growing. It's like going to the gym. If you want a big muscle, that's clearly not a big muscle. But if you've got if you want a big muscle, you have to keep going to the gym. Right. So, yeah. you know, the point of this, the point of this is, is that it never ends. Um, and so I, my, my youngest coaching clients are probably. Mm, Youngest ones have probably been around 20, 19, 20. Um, the oldest ones have been 70 in their 70s um, and everything in between. Some people need a bit of help getting over some addictive issues. Um, some people want more money. Some people want to be happier, healthier and wealthier. Uh, the point is, is that what I've done, and this is my strategy, I've put everything into this book and did this and put the whole sort of story and the whole piece into that. And now the next part of the books that I'm going to put out are going to be more specific on each subject. Yeah. So there's going to be a whole series of books that will be right. One on money, one on love, one on, you know, and it's going to be a whole series of books to really like concentrate on each area so that, you know, we will then break it down into different areas. So if you just want to be coached on one specific area, then we can work on that one specific area. But at the moment we do 12 months. I do a minimum of 12 months with coaching clients they want to commit and show some commitment because ultimately I believe it takes 12 months of habitual uh, repetition of the right information to actually make a positive change in someone else's life. If, if you don't, you know, someone wants to book in my diary for one session, well, they can, but honestly, I don't really see the point of that. You know, the real consistency of approach is turning up. You know, we do at least two sessions a month, and lots of other group calls and book clubs and other things. But twice a month, turn up, turn up, turn up, keep showing up, keep showing up, keep building that. Your mind is a muscle. Keep building that mind muscle so that it gets stronger and stronger, and then you become more decisive. Uh, and then when you're more decisive, you can overcome addictions quickly. Yeah. 
And I, th I think you're right. That consistency is really important, isn't it? And just making sure that you're doing the same thing over and over and over again. And that's how you become a master of anything. But also it's the thing that most people don't want to do. Everyone's after a quick, quick win, aren't they? The the quick answer. Um, and a lot so of people I give don't you, I, I, At my event, at my events, uh, I've started to do this at the last couple of events and I will continue to do it. Um, we do a section on uh, uh, money, you know, absolute on, on money. And some people have really bad negative belief systems around money. Money's bad, credit's bad, or, you know, whatever it is. It's not true. Money's just a number and a bit of paper and whatever. And it just it makes you more of what you already are. So if you're a bad person, you get a lot of money. You can be an incredibly bad person. Right. If you're a good person, you get a lot of money. You can be a, an amazing person. Um, but I do this session. And I say, right, who wants more money? And there's 150 people there. How many hands go up, Harry? 150. <laughs> All of them, right? Absolutely yeah. every single one goes up. Yeah. Okay. And then I say, right, okay, I've got 12 things that you need to do and you need to master for you to be able to have more money and financial freedom. 12 things you must master. And I go through all 12 things, takes a couple of hours. And we go through it and we discuss it with the audience and we get, you know, some great feedback and we talk. We get to the end and we put all 12 things up at once. There's all 12 things on the board. And I say, right, how many of you have mastered all of these things? How many hands go up? I'm going to guess none. None. You're absolutely yeah. spot on. Not one hand goes up, apart from me none. being a smart ass. Yeah. yeah, I've done it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the point is I've been dedicated to this for 17, probably 18 years now. I've been dedicated to this, to understand myself and everybody else and self-development. And therefore, the more I've developed myself, the more uh, success I've had in all areas. Yeah. You know, married yeah. now. I've been with, my wife for 10, been with my wife for 10 years, married for five years. That's not a mistake, you know, more successful than we've ever, been, ever become, you know, because I made this decision some years ago, like we said, about kicking the addictions and focusing on succeeding and focusing on being absolutely committed to self-development of myself and everyone else around me. And now I have it's something like 75 coaching clients worldwide from Australia in the morning to Dubai in the afternoon to America uh, you know, in the evening. Uh, and I see people across the globe. Um, and and I love doing what I'm doing. Uh, and, uh, you know, long may it continue just to put the joy into other people's lives because success has many different avenues, but happiness, health and wealth are really, you know, the keys that, that we need to have absolutely locked down. And um, if you're not prepared to put in the work, then you won't you won't succeed as big as you would like to succeed. And and I'm I'm you know living proof of that. Yeah, yeah, that's brilliant. And so, do you have any planned live events where you, any of your live remixed events where you go through that? So no, so we're having a not at this stage. No, we're having a little party for my birthday on September the second. But that's just a music evening kind of like it's going to be great. Actually, we've got Booker T, Lisa Loud, and a few other great DJs playing. So that's going to be amazing. Um, and um, we're looking at possibly doing an event in November um, here in Isha, but I'm not, I haven't confirmed that yet. So watch out on my social media uh, platforms for that. I'm not hiding. You can find me anywhere on social media. I promise you, absolutely anywhere. Um, and um, uh, we are planning um, a 2024 weekend event here in London. Uh, so a Saturday and a Sunday uh, at a hotel, uh, full weekend. Uh, and I'm planning, as it's going to 
be my 20 year anniversary of the collapse that I wrote about in chapter one of Life Remix. It'll be 20 years ago that that happened. Uh, I'm planning to release three books next year. Um, so there'll be three books coming out next year and more than one weekend live event in 2024. So we're planning those at the moment. Um, and uh, we're very happy. Yeah, we're very happy. We're looking forward to bringing more happiness to other people's lives. Um, and, you know, it's possible. It, anyone can have it. But um, certainly, uh, you know, too many addictions or drinking too much alcohol and stuff like that is stifling stifling success uh in, in all areas of life so uh, i want you to keep up the great work so i think you're doing a brilliant job <laughs> oh, well, thank you and thank you so much for joining me today uh, it's been Pleasure. a really interesting conversation i'm definitely going to keep an eye out for those 2024 events and the one in november um yeah, so i'll you. i'll be stalking you on social media uh, and if anybody else wants to stalk mark it's mark wilkinson or head to his website markwilkinsonofficial.com Thank you so much, Mark, for joining us today. Thank you, Harry. And we'll hope to see you soon. Thank you. Bye.